Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? All right, I want to share with you this morning, I'm going to first open with Matthew 16, 24 through 26, and then we're going to pray again. We're going to pray a lot today. We just pray, 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 pray. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone exchange for their own life? I love that concept of whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross If you want to save your life, you lose it. And whoever loses their life for him will find it. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, I pray, uh, would you open each one of our hearts? Lord, I just believe in this room today for each one of us that you want to speak. Thank you, Lord, that you see each person in the room. You see where they are in their life, Lord. And Lord, you really care. It really matters to you. And so, Lord, today, we just want to hear from you. And I pray for the empowerment. God, the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, the share, Lord, what's in your heart today from your word, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, most of you, if not all of you in this room, have, have said yes to Jesus at some point in your life, and I just want to say thank you. I mean, I think it's amazing when people just say thank you to Jesus. I know in my own journey, it was, um, it, I was a I was a resistant person in coming to Jesus. Anyone here ever been resistant to coming to Jesus? I mean, I was super resistant that so much that when my parents went back to church when I was 15, I said, nah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to come because I'm my, you're my parents and I want a house to live in. Am I right, brother? Like, I got to keep, a, keep, you know, keep a, um, uh, a roof over my head. But I went with uh, much reluctance. My dad used to tell me a story about how he would take me to church and I would wear the worst clothes I could find. Uh, to see if maybe he wouldn't take me to church or to embarrass the family. It was a bit of a rascal. But my challenge was I didn't believe, and I I knew enough about Christianity and the faith to know that it was an all-in thing, that God wanted my whole heart. And I was like, man, I want my own life. I do not want to serve God, and I'm not sure he's real. And I went on this long journey of saying, God, are you real? And um, I kind of caught myself with my own prayer. Now, I was an atheist praying, that, so I was a terrible atheist because I prayed and I said to the Lord, I said, if you are real, I will serve you. And I figured if you're not real, you're not hearing me. So I figured it was, you know, I couldn't lose. But he took me up at my, uh, took me at my word. And May 5th, 1992, um, I was the day that I committed my life to Jesus. I was about a month from graduating high school. And maybe another time I'll share with you just my own journey about how that came to be. And if it's something that you're curious and want to talk about, I'll talk to you one-on-one about it all day um, because finding the reality of who Jesus is is something I'm so passionate about. And I know that God wants to reveal himself to everyone. He's he's not trying to withhold himself from you. He wants to reveal himself to you. But when I said yes, I was like all in yes. Like, and one of the reasons I told my parents I was an atheist is because I, 
I w- I'm not a person who wanted to live a, a double life. I didn't want to go play church and tell my parents I was a Christian and then go do all the things I was actually doing separate. I was pretty honest about the fact that I was a bit of a rascal. And uh, I just didn't want to get caught and punished. Anyhow, um, not that that's good. Uh, but uh, <laughs> in those days when I gave my life to Jesus, I, like I said, I gave my whole self to him. And I remember so many times those first couple of years just saying, yes, Jesus, I give you everything. And, you know, instead of running off to the Marine Corps or to college, like uh, the college I had planned to, I ended up going off to Bible college instead um, because I just knew from the moment I had given my life to Jesus that I was called to do what I'm doing today. I didn't know where. I didn't know what it would look like. I just knew that that's what I was called to do. Never had to have anyone at pray for me or say that. I, I just knew it was just this knowing in me. And so I just kept finding myself saying, yes, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. Um, and I gave my whole self to him. But what I didn't really anticipate was that as I got older, I would come to these crossroads in my life where I would be saying yes all over again. Because I thought I was just saying it yes once and for all when I was younger. But I would come to these crossroads, and we're going to look at the Bible today at some crossroads where people said yes again to Jesus. And the thing I found is that I as I walked with Jesus for 10 years or 20 years or now just a little over 30 years, I'm hoping to clock in a lot of years before I go into heaven. Um, I find that now when I say yes, I have more in my life than I did when I was 17. Now, all I could give when I was 17 was my whole self. So it's not like the Lord was expecting more, but it's like now when I like renew my vow, when I re-enlist, if you will, it's like, oh, I have more family now. I have more people in my life. I have maybe a little bit more money, but like I have more. So when I say everything, my everything is more than it was back then. And today we're going to look at Peter's yeses in his life, uh, one of Jesus' disciples. And um, his first yes comes in Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus looks at Matthew and some others and he says, come and follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. And this is Peter's first yes, if you will, to Jesus. He gave up everything. And um, Peter, of all the disciples, he was probably a little bit older than the rest of them. And his life had kind of already taken a track more than the others because he was in business with uh, the father of James and John. They had a fishing business and he was a partner with them. Uh, And also because he was older, he was actually married um, when he made this decision to follow Jesus. But he went all in, left the business, left everything to follow Jesus. And um, he and the other 11 disciples just literally followed Jesus, place to place, watching Jesus teach and do miracles and do the things uh, that Jesus did here on the the planet and even participate in Jesus' ministry in following him. We fast forward in Scripture a little bit, and we come to Luke chapter 18, and Jesus is having an interaction with this rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler is your classic good person, right? Like, does the right thing, and uh, the person's asking about, you know, entering into heaven, and uh, ask Jesus about that, and Jesus says, well, you know, tell me what you're doing. He says, well, I do all the right things. He's like, okay, well, one thing you lack, 
And I think that, that rich young ruler is like, okay, what's the one thing? He's thinking, great, I'm going to tick this last box off, and this is going to be great. And he says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. I think the rich young ruler in that moment was like, that's the one thing? Sell everything I have, give it to the poor and follow you? And it says that the rich young ruler left sad. And some people say it was because he couldn't sell it all. And some people say it was because he wasn't willing to follow Jesus. But somewhere in all of that, he wasn't able to say yes when Jesus asked for his life. Peter is watching this interaction, and he has this aha moment. If you're not familiar with Peter in the Bible, he is the loudmouth. He's the guy who speaks before he thinks. It just blurts right out of his mouth, right? And he has this moment in Luke 18, verse 28, where Peter says to Jesus, after the rich young rulers left, he says, we've left all, we, we, we have left all we had to follow you. It was like this aha moment of, we did that. What the rich young ruler was unwilling to do, we have done. And, um, it's like Peter's remembering the commitment, and it's like this, this pause in his life where he sees someone who's not willing to make the commitment and where their life is. I wonder if in that moment, if Peter thought, what if I hadn't said yes? Where would my business be right now? Where, what would my life look like if I hadn't said yes versus where I am right now. And I think we all have those moments in our lives where maybe you run into an old friend from school or you interact with a family member and your lives had, had taken different paths. And you have those moments where you look back and you go, wow, where I am today versus where I would be is very different if I had not said yes. Anybody like that in here today? Later on in John chapter 6, Jesus was um, having a, a discussion with a crowd. You know, when Jesus would preach and do miracles and things like that, sometimes the crowds got quite large. And there were these moments where Jesus would take a large crowd who'd gotten a lot of great things from Jesus, and he would just challenge them. And one of the most challenging times was here in John chapter 6, where he looks at the crowd and he says, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, I want you to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And that's just a really weird request. And these are good Jewish people who aren't even supposed to touch blood. And Jesus is like, I want you to ingest it. And the thing was, they didn't understand. And Jesus was, was, was saying, I want you to drink my real blood and eat my real flesh. And what happened was many people just start turning from Jesus. And that what happened was their yes turned into a no. And Jesus, he looks at the disciples and he says to them, do you want to go as well? Which to me, I, I don't know, it's like if John was a movie, the book of John, I just see like the crowds leaving and like the music getting soft and Jesus looking at them basically and going, would you like to reject me too? Would you like to say no right now? And Peter, our blurter, makes this beautiful statement in John 6, 68. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. What I find so powerful about that is John, uh, Peter in that moment didn't go, oh, we get it, Jesus. 
You're actually talking about communion that you're going to share with us later. Like, no, no, no. There wasn't like, I get it. It was just like, where else are we going to go? Like, we've committed to you. And even though, and it doesn't say we don't understand, even though they don't understand, they're like, we believe in who you are. And I think it's a really good question for us. When we come to moments in life where we don't understand, does our yes become a no? Or do we stay in that yes lane? Right? Those moments where life is a contradictory, the moments where life just doesn't make sense, the moment where you start using sentences like, well, God, why? You know, and those questions, or God, how? Or I don't understand. Or why hasn't this changed yet? Or why didn't this work out the way that I thought it would? Or any why that you might have about God or his identity, those questions that come in everybody's mind because we are finite people, amen? We, are fine. we just don't understand it all. If, you're, if your focus in life is to understand it all, I'm sorry. But praise God, we serve a God who does understand. Right? And there are these moments where our yes is a faith yes and a trust yes that goes, yes, I believe you have the words of life. I have no idea what you just said, but I believe you. Everything I've been taught says don't drink blood, but I'm going to follow you anyhow. Because I believe you have the words of life. I believe that you are the Holy One of God. And there's something that is very sacred and very beautiful about those times in our lives where we follow him even though we don't understand. Where we trust him even when we don't understand. We fast forward a little bit more and we get to John chapter 13. And um, Jesus is explaining to his disciples that he is going to have to go somewhere else. And um, where he's actually going is to the cross right? He's about to give his life up, and he's trying to prepare them because they're about to get traumatized. They're about to see their Savior um, get beaten and scorned and put on a cross and give his life up and die. And the disciples are going to have one of the greatest wait what just happened moments of their life. And so Jesus is preparing them, and he says, where I'm going, you cannot follow. And Peter likes to blurt out, right? And he he decides, no, 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 we're not going to have that. John 13, 37, he says, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay my life down for you. Then Jesus said, will you really lay your life down for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. This is what we call the carnal yes. This is the yes that comes out of your own strength or your own ability. In this moment, Peter was giving Jesus a yes that Jesus wasn't even asking for. He's saying, I'll give my life for you. I'll put it on the line to follow you. Don't you know that I said yes, and I'm saying yes to you again, and you're not going to die. You're not going to give up your life. Like, I'm going to be there for you, and I'm going to give up my life. And and Jesus is just like, yeah, that's not how this works, Peter. Peter is attempting a yes in his own strength. And you know, there are times where um, the energy that we need, the strength that we need for a yes, we need the Lord to empower it. Some of us need to hear that today. Maybe your yes feels a little thin right now. Maybe it feels a little uh, weary right now. And you're trying to dig deep to get a yes in your own strength. But actually, the Lord wants to be the one to empower your yes. He's the one who wants to strengthen you for the yes. Um, In Peter's case, 
What he's trying to do is he's trying to, in his own strength, make his own path and dictate to the Lord what's going to happen. None of us ever try to do that, right? None of us tell the Lord what's going to happen and then try to make it happen, right? And the problem with that carnal yes, that problem with that yes that was in his own strength, is it actually led to his failure. Because what would happen is when Jesus would be taken and beaten and taken to the cross, Peter indeed would deny Jesus three times. And it'd be one of the greatest failures of Peter's life and just bring a great shame in his heart and a great heaviness to his heart. It says that on the third time when he denied Jesus, he went away and he wept bitterly. But then we turn the pages of John and we get to John chapter 21, which is after the resurrection of Jesus. And after the resurrection of Jesus, he comes to have breakfast with with some of the disciples and Here's Peter, and Peter's there with them, and they're all having breakfast. And there's, if you, you ever been with someone, and there's like this awkward like thing that's not being said, this like elephant in the room. Well, Peter has not resolved the fact that he has denied Jesus and left him. And so they're having this breakfast, and Jesus looks at Peter in front of the other disciples and says, Peter, do you love me? The first time Peter's, yeah. Jesus, you know I love you. He goes, then feed my lambs, which was Jesus' way of saying, I still have work for you to do. Sometimes when we fail, we think that we have now made our, rendered ourselves useless to the King of Kings. The King of Kings has been using failures for a long time, right? And he's not using you because you're so successful. He's using you because you're, you're his follower and because you're made in his image, Right? So we got to kind of get that kind of thinking out of our mind. And so he asked Peter, and, he, and it's, this is his way of trying to restore Peter and restore Peter to, to service, but Peter hasn't even forgiven himself yet. So he asked him not one time, not two times, but what? Three times, right? Three times to match the three denials, this kind of calling him back you know, into service and calling him back. I need you to feed my lambs. I need you to feed my sheep. Like, come on, Peter, I need you back in the game. But here's the thing. Between the resurrection and what was about to happen in Pentecost was only about 40 days, 40 or 50 days or so, right? Peter is days away from a moment that God has been planning for centuries. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit's going to come. People are going to be praying in tongues. It's going to be, you know, quite the scene. And people are going to be like, what is going on? Well, how is it that that person is speaking my language? And Peter is, going, is just days away from a platform where he is going to share the gospel of Jesus and say, this Jesus who you've crucified, he is days away. And what is he doing? He's in a boat fishing, thinking he's disqualified himself. So what had to happen was Jesus had to, or excuse me, Peter needed to say yes after his failure. The timeline was so short. For me and you, we'd put ourselves in timeout for a good two years. Anybody else, you put yourself in timeout when you fail? And Jesus is pulling him back. Sometimes the hardest yes can be that after a failure. You fast forward in Peter's life, and again, remember I opened today and I was talking about how our yeses in our lives get more expensive is a way of describing it. When we renew our yes, it's in a different season, in a different life of our lives. And what we have is different. Who we interact with is different. Our experience is different. 
but there is this pattern of opportunities and crossroads through our lives where we say yes and yes and yes again. I think sometimes we think it's a one and done. Like I just said yes and that's it. But you know, the longer you live, you realize that not all of life and maturity is always up and to the right. There are times when we can begin to regress and we can begin to, to go into versions of ourselves that we didn't even think possible. And so there's this thing about our walk with Jesus in renewing our yeses. In Acts chapter 4, um, Peter and John are going to be in prison. They had just healed a lame man, and the, they're brought before the Sanhedrin, this ruling council of, of the Jewish folks, and saying, what is it that you're doing? And, G, and Peter, what does he do? He testifies about Jesus to his captors, right? He tells them, this is what happened, and, and he's testifying about it. And uh, they're trying to figure out what to do, and they look at Peter and John, and they go, all right, well, listen up. Stop preaching and teaching in this name. Okay, you can go. Well, praise God, Peter didn't say yes to them. He said, he said is it better for me to obey God or to obey man? And so he kept preaching and teaching in that name. And so then after he's imprisoned, which I don't know if anybody in our room has been imprisoned for the gospel. We have people in our movement, people around us who have. But to be imprisoned, and then afterwards say yes again. That's something, right? You fast forward to Acts chapter 12, and the price goes up. James, the brother of John, is martyred. And when James, the brother of John, is martyred, it says that the people liked it. They and so Herod said, you know what? Well, if they like that, I'm going to arrest Peter next. And so it looks like in Scripture, okay, James has been arrested and martyred. Peter's about to be arrested. He's next, right? So the church goes to pray, and they're seeking the Lord. And it looks like he's about to get martyred. Um, but then the angel of the Lord visits Peter in Acts chapter 12 in jail. Peter's asleep, in it, and it says that the angel hit him on his side to wake him up. And he tells him, get yourself dressed. And then they and it's time to leave. Now, what's fascinating about this angelic in, um, interaction now, not only have I don't think any of us been jailed, but I haven't been jailed and released by an angel. But it's fascinating that the angel says, get yourself dressed. Because remember the story I was telling you about in John chapter 21, where um, Peter is being restored by Jesus? Jesus makes this comment in, in, in chapter 21, after all of the conversation, do you love me, and, and all of that. He says, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. And went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. And then later it talks about, they were talking about Peter's eventual death and the concept that when you are martyred, someone leads you where you do not want to go, right? So when the angel comes, hits him on the side, and Peter's probably wondering, is this it? Am I about to give my life? The angel says, get yourself dressed. Isn't that wild? He gets him and he takes him out and, uh, and, uh, and Peter goes to the prayer place, uh, the place where they're praying for them and everybody, first they don't believe it's a great story. You should read it, Acts chapter 12. Um, and he's restored. But here's the thing. Now, Peter has just missed martyrdom. So it's another moment in his life where he has to say yes again. He actually has to say yes I'm going to continue to serve you. Yes, I'm going to continue to, to, to um, lay down my life for you. And the wild thing is that Peter, at the end of his life, church history tells us that he was martyred for the faith. 
Um, and the, the picture that I'm wanting to show you today is this concept of the yeses that he made through his life. Now, it's highly unlikely that anyone in this room is going to have to give up their life for their faith. And yet, all of us are called to give up our life for the faith. Does that make sense? You know, the, the concept of like following Jesus, uh, we're, not, we're not buying fire insurance, not to make light of hell. But we're, we are not like going, I just don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to say yes to Jesus for something. That's not really what it's about. It's about the idea that I want to be with God in eternity. And I love who he is. I love the nature of who he is. And I, I want to be with him. And praise God, he wants to be with me more than I want to be with him. And he has made a way for me to be with him. Like he desires for me to be with him. It's about really an allegiance to the Lord of, God, you're worthy of my whole life. You're worthy of me laying it all aside. And I'm willing to lay, take the reins of my life, the authority of my life, and lay it down to say yes to you. And I, I just want to encourage you for, maybe, maybe you're here in this room and maybe you've never taken that step in your life where you, you said that the big yes to Jesus for the first time. Let me tell you what that means. What it means, it doesn't mean that you have it all together and that you know it all. What it means is that you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that the reason he went to the cross wasn't just for all the sins of the people in this room and in the world, but he went to the cross for your sins because he really cares for you. So much so that not only does he want to like pay for your sins because he loves you, but he doesn't want you to carry the weight or the shame or all the stuff that sin means in our lives. Like he wants to relieve you of that so that you can walk with him in lightness. Doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that he's going to keep working in you and transform you all the rest of the days of your life. But it's this commitment. And I, I like to simplify it in my mind. I think of it just like when he came to Peter the first time and said, come and follow me. It's like that moment in your life where Jesus comes to you and said, and you just feel that thing in your heart that goes, he's asking me for my life. He's asking me, come and follow me. And if you've never done that, I just want to encourage you, like, make today your day to just say yes to Jesus. I'll tell you what I do know, is I know that he has a plan for every individual on the planet for their lives of serving him. And if, when you turn your life over for, to him, you don't become some robot. You are adopted as his child, and he has a plan for his child. He has a way forward for his child. It says that the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy in John 10.10. Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. And maybe today's your day. If today is your day, I would love to pray with you because it is the, it's a wonderful moment. If you're watching online today and you're like, I need to make that decision, um, on our website, you can go to victorychristian.church and click on um, next steps. Thank you, jet lag brain. Um, next steps. And, uh, and we'll, I would love to reach out to you this week. If you're in this room, before we leave today, I would love to pray for you. Um, but for, for all of us today, maybe, maybe you're in a different place with your yes. And I, um, would you stand with me as we close? Um, I think in our lives, the concept of reaffirming our yes to Jesus is good. And wherever you are with your yes with the Lord, 
maybe today, you, maybe you're discouraged and you need to just reaffirming, God, I may be discouraged, but I really mean it. Yes. Maybe your faith is a little tired. Maybe life has worn you down some and you say, yes to Jesus. Maybe, maybe life has just rattled you. Like you've had, just had some stuff happen and it's kind of shaken you up and made you ask some hard questions. There are people in the, in the Word, who, in the Bible and in history who know exactly what it is to be in a place where they're rattled and yet we still, in our heart of hearts, we have this yes for Jesus. Maybe like Peter, like you've had some failures in your life and you're wondering if Jesus even wants your yes anymore. I can guarantee you through Scripture, He wants your yes. He wants you. God is playing the long, long, long game all the way into eternity. If you have breath in your lungs, he's ready for your yes. And he cares for you and has a way forward. There is, there is no, there's no shame, there's no thing that is greater than God's love for you. And there are examples in scriptures who people who knew way, way, way better did some very egregious things and God was willing to forgive them and move them forward. The thing is, I want to encourage you, don't just let God forgive you. You've got to allow yourself to forgive yourself. Sometimes we take God's role by not extending forgiveness to ourselves. If he has forgiven you, you don't have a higher pay grade than that. Right? Like, if he has forgiven you, surely you can forgive you. Don't be greater than God. Well, yeah, I know he's forgiven me, but come on. Like, you got to let that go. That's not helping you. But allow that forgiveness because... God has things in front of you and that dead weight is holding you back. Maybe, maybe it's time for you just to have that conversation. I really thought when I was younger that I would just say yes in that season and it mattered forever and it did matter. But I'm, what I'm realizing is along my life, there's all of these opportunities to keep saying yes. And I was with those missionaries this week and they're, their yes is such an extraordinary yes. I remember as I used to process that and some of the yeses of some of the people that I know and the sacrifices they make, and I would say, they make sacrifice with all capital letters. I'm thinking my sacrifices in little letters. But the reality is the only sacrifice that I can make is the one he's calling me to. We're not here to compare each other. And we're not here to shame ourselves. We're here to, we can be inspired by what people are doing, but the only yes you are accountable for is yours. Just the thing that God is asking you for. Maybe there's a place where you know God's asking you for a yes and you have this battle in your heart. Can I teach you how to cheat in that prayer with a prayer? Say, God, help me with my heart. Help my heart to be willing. He is not trying to drag you into eternity. He wants to run there with you. Amen? Like, He cares for you. And that resistance in your heart, you are not the only one. Everyone in this room has had that resistance in their heart. And there are times where we just go, God, help, help the fight in my heart against you to stop. And help me to yield and cooperate with you. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, God, for your great love for every one of us. Lord, every person you've made matters deeply to you. Their life 
has an infinite amount of value. And Lord, with each person, wherever they are with their yes today, would you just come into their heart and meet with them in that place? God, the only yes you're looking for from them is their own. How precious that is to you. Lord, for those who've struggled or maybe their, their yes has gotten weaker over the years, just come to this place and say, Jesus, you indeed are worthy of it all. You're worthy of our whole heart, all our allegiance, and all our life. Jesus, you who would give up your entire, that your life for us, certainly we can follow you and give our lives to you. God, meet people right where they are with their yes today. Let there not be any confusion about what yes means. God, for those today who are in their hearts, they're going to make a commitment today to follow you. God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that comes into their lives. Lord, that you don't leave us alone, but that you empower us to live for you and to walk with you. We pray for people making that decision today. God, watch over them. Watch over your, your hand in their life. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com.